tones of English but once, and from an elderly British couple seated behind me on a wooden tram. With a controlled panic in their voices, they discussed the winding route of the tram and the seemingly arbitrary stops. It was a conversation that might not have caused a fight had it taken place on still ground. But their words were becoming heated as the wife's devil-may-care attitude clashed with her husband's conviction that they were being whisked away from the city center into sketchier pastures. The tiff ended with the husband making his wife unbutton her coat, sling her purse over her shoulder, and then put her coat back on over that. Just do it, Joan, he said through his teeth. Don't make a scene about it. Joan complied, temporarily pacifying her husband. This new costume made her look like one of the ancient Portuguese ladies, their spines bobbing beneath their cardigans as they scaled the city's steep inclines. The jostling act of transformation, of removing arms from sleeves and slinging bags on shoulders, also made her a more obvious bait for pickpockets. In the end, she resembled a cartoon of a boa constrictor that has just swallowed a lawn chair. The resulting image is not one of a pregnant snake, but of a snake who has just swallowed a lawn chair. I considered saying something, engaging with them. I was relieved by the sound of kindred vowels. Days of talking exclusively to myself and I was finally ready to take the gag out of my throat and rejoin the land of fluency. Lack of human-on-human communication works like a liquid fast. First you miss the solid sustenance, then for a long time you wonder why you ever needed it. Then you miss it so acutely it makes you dizzy. I assumed a symbiotic need for these Brits to break their fast. I could be their conversational prune juice. But when they made their way to my end of the tram in preparation for the next stop, I just stared at them with the passive contempt of a local. I found myself waiting online for Lisbon's main attraction, an antique freestanding elevator that springs up the city's center and leads to nowhere. When I got to the highest level, I climbed to the narrowest staircase to the tippy top. America is lacking in this, I thought. All of our public structures are self-explanatory. When you press the PH button, you're going to the penthouse, not the stairs that lead to the landing that lead to the lookout above the penthouse. Our basements are conveniently located at the base. No cellars that lead to subfloors that lead to catacombs of ruins. The Goonies was just that one time, and it was a movie. The wind blew hard as I leaned on a railing that would have been ripe for lawsuit if this was Paris's Eiffel Tower or Seattle's Space Needle. My calves throbbed from days of rushing through Lisbon's seven hills, as if I had anywhere to go. I was like a cat that urgently needs to be on the other side of the room for no apparent reason. I looked out towards the ocean in the direction of home, squinting at the horizon. Then I apologized to the travel gods for thinking I could do this, remembering there's a reason we don't always fulfill the wishes of our younger selves once we're grown. The idea of going to Lisbon began as a bastard idea, the daughter of impulse and video montages with a drop of Casablanca in there somewhere. On occasion, it occurs to adults that they are allowed to do all the things that being a child prevented them from doing. But those desires change while you're not looking. There was a time when your favorite color transferred from purple to blue to whatever shade it is when you realize that having a favorite color is a trite personality crutch and unsubtle cultivation of quirk and a possible cry for help. You just don't notice the timeline of your own metamorphosis, until you do. Every once in a while, time dissolves and you remember what you liked as a kid. You jump on your hotel bed, order dessert first, 
decide to put every piece of jewelry you own on your body and leave the house. Why? Because you can. Because you're the boss. Because, ooh, shiny. One day in November, I came home and saw the desk globe on my bookshelf. Instead of seeing it as my globe in my apartment where I come home every day, I remembered the globe I had when I was 12 years old. And I saw it as a challenge. Confined by perfectly manicured lawns and freshly tarred driveways, preteen me had promised myself that one day I would spin and point and travel wherever my finger landed. I love the movie Better Off Dead, that self-hating love letter from suburban America to foreign exchange students everywhere. More than just a snow-snorting lesson in obsession, here was a cautionary tale against armchair traveling, a rallying call to leave one's immediate area code immediately. If I didn't get a passport soon, I might grow up and find myself serving French...